This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, welcome C3 and thank you for hanging out with us this morning and joining us online, especially those of you that maybe you've never connected with C3, never been to C3. Man, I just want to thank you for spending a few moments with us this morning. And I'm praying that this time uh, is meaningful to you and helps you in your life right where you are. I also want to thank those of you that are part of C3 that invest financially in C3. When you give to C3, you're investing in life change. Last Sunday, we had five people in the room at C3 uh, give their lives to Christ, which is incredible. So when you give to C3, you're investing in life change. And you can do that by just shooting a text, uh, just sending C3 Orlando to 77977, and you can know that you're investing in life change. Hey, I'd love to pray for you, and then I want to dive into week two of Philippians. Father, thank you so much for who you are and the way you love us. I pray that you would speak to hearts and change lives today. I pray for every single person watching, God, that you would work in their lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Years ago, uh, I worked for an electrician. I was not an electrician, but I worked for an electrician in North Carolina. And I remember one day we were going to this house, and normally we would run wiring and and set it all up in new homes, but this was a, a home that was a remodel. And the guy that owned the company uh, said, hey, I want you to go, you know, you need to cut that line over there. And it was the dryer line. So I guess that's 220, 240, I don't remember exactly. But I went over and he said, I've turned off the breakers. So I went over to that area and I took the the cutters and I I cut through that line. The power was not off. And what I remember, I remember seeing what looked like a blue ball, a little bit bigger than a softball, shoot out of that line and then the next thing I remember, I was on my back across the kitchen. The, the washer and dryer were on the edge of the kitchen. And I had this metal taste in my mouth. And I'm thinking, even I know, even I know, who's not an electrician, and I'm just helping you, even I know to flip the dadgum breaker so the power's off. I didn't keep that job very much longer. I, I left there soon after that. But I was thinking about this week and thinking about how often in life, there's some simple, simple things that we know how to do, how to flip the switch or flip the breaker, how to put the key in the ignition or push the button on your car, however your car starts. But sometimes when life goes wheels off, sometimes when we're walking through pain or adversity or struggle, we're overwhelmed with how we don't know what to do. So in those moments, we tend to also forget the things that we know to do. We know the Bible teaches that adversity and pain and suffering is going to come into every life. And hey, apart from the Bible, you know that in your life. You know that there are seasons in life where there's pain and there's struggle and there's suffering. And if you're in that place today, if you're walking through some challenges that are deep, if you're dealing with some some pain and trying to process that or you're struggling in life, I'm so glad you're watching and with us this morning at C3 because I believe God is going to speak to you today in a very personal way. The fact that you're even watching today, I I think it really speaks to you and to me. Hey, God hasn't forgotten you. He's fully aware of your struggle. This very message is almost like God whispering to you, I know, I know. He's not unaware. Last week we began our study in the book of Philippians and 
We know the Apostle Paul has been inspired by God to write this letter to the church at Philippi, and he's writing it from a prison cell. And you might remember how we talked about he's writing from prison to people about the theme of joy, how to have joy in your life no matter what. Now think about who Paul is. He's been through an illegal trial. He's been arrested and put on a ship to Rome. He's been shipwrecked and stuck on an island. And and finally, then later, he arrives at Rome to be placed in a prison. The expected sentence is either life or death. He has chains on his arms, chains on his feet. And he's also, at the same time, in kind of a prison of hate. Because there are many people, even in the church, that are glad that Paul's in jail. There are people that have been jealous of him. There are people that want to take his spot in leading churches. And so he's dealing with all of this. And in that climate, going through all of that, he writes these words. We pick it up in Philippians 1, verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, is he's speaking to people in the family of God, people that are fellow Christ followers. He's speaking to the church. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Notice that sentence. I want you to know what has happened to me. How would you, if you were Paul, finish that sentence? Would you list all the difficulties you've been through? Would you, would you talk about all the pain that it's caused? Would you mention all the people that have betrayed you and are sort of coming after you? How would you finish that statement in your most painful days? I, I want you to know what's happened to me. Notice how Paul finishes the statement. It's actually served to advance the gospel. What Paul is saying is that things don't just happen. In life, what we go through, things don't just happen. Some people think life just happens and life has no meaning and no purpose. But as a follower of Christ, when we read the context of Scripture, when we live our lives, we understand and we know things don't just happen. God is always at work whether we see it or not. And the things, the struggle that we walk through, one of the things we have a difficulty with often is really wrapping our minds around how could God, a loving God, allow something that would cause pain in our lives. But we have to step back for a moment from our feelings and recognize that everything that God allows, he's allowing for a purpose. And this moment, this season, if it's one of pain for you, is always pointing to another moment and another season ultimately to Jesus and who he is and his purpose for our life. But I believe God is always at work in your life and mine. Paul is going to spend right at two years in this prison. So if you want to experience deep joy, it it comes, we learn in this letter that he writes, from a beautiful mind. It is a mindset that in many ways creates a life. It's a mindset that helps us to experience joy or the lack of joy. To feel and experience and know joy, I've got to have a mindset that's really targeted in a few areas. If you want to experience joy in life, even in the midst of struggle, even in the midst of pain, the first thing I notice in Paul's writing, I've got to have a mindset that points to Jesus and not to me. We notice in these verses, Paul points to Jesus, not to himself. He says, hey, I'm not going to focus on where I am in jail. I'm going to focus on who God is and what God is doing and what the possibilities are in this moment. Notice verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. He's saying, hey, this is why I'm here. 
this is why I'm facing adversity. Now, sometimes in life, often in life, we don't get to understand why we go through certain things or why we face uh, adversity, why the struggles are in place. Paul is saying, hey, this is why I'm in change. This is why I'm in deep struggle. I'm in a bad situation. See, for the Christ follower, it's always to help everyone who's noticing what I'm walking through and who Christ is in my life as I'm walking through that. It's a mindset. It's not about me. How can I influence others as I walk through this for Christ? And Paul hasn't been sentenced yet. He's writing this to this church and he says, hey, I'm here to advance the gospel. He doesn't talk about his health. He doesn't talk about how he's being treated. He doesn't talk about how bad the food is. He assumes that the church, more than wanting to know about him, wants to know about Jesus and and what God's doing in his life and how God's working in his life and how God can work in their lives, the, the gospel. So he's writing and he's saying, hey, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about the mission of Jesus. And the mission of Jesus has not stopped because I'm locked up in jail. In fact, it's part of it. It's an incredible mindset. Verse 14, and because of my change, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And so what I notice in this verse the, the mindset is important. I've also, if I want to experience joy, I've got to have a mindset. Hey, this is huge. A mindset that sees opportunity in adversity. So today, as you're watching, what is your struggle? What is it that's causing you pain? Is it your job or your career path? Is it your health? Is it some relationship in your family or with a friend? Is it your financial life? What is causing you pain? Paul is saying, I am facing potentially a life sentence or execution under Nero. It it couldn't be worse. But here's the opportunity. Notice what he does. In verse 12, he uses the phrase, it's all to advance the gospel. In verse 13, he talks about the whole palace guard and everyone else. In verse 14, he says, most of the brothers and sisters. Paul is saying, This is what the struggle in my life is doing inside me, but also through me to others. Everyone that's walking with this through me, everyone that's seeing me walk through this, including the guards that I'm chained to, everyone knows who my God is because of how I'm processing this and the deliberate way I'm choosing to focus on who God is and have a mindset of what is the opportunity in this adversity. Year after year, for two years, These guards are hearing the gospel. Every four hours, the guard would be rotated at this time, and it would be six guards that would be given to Paul that he would be chained to that would be there to guard him. So six different guards every four hours, and they're all hearing about and seeing the love of God and God's purposes for for their lives. Two years of a captive audience. If Paul, who God used to write about half of what we call the New Testament, if God used Paul to write about half of that, Imagine if he could write like that, how much he talked every single day. And his focus in this is not on how bad it is for him, but on who Jesus is and how he loves us. And so for two years, one guard after another, six at a time, every shift, hearing nonstop about Jesus. Those guards had to think that Paul is different from anyone they'd ever been chained to. The words they were hearing with their, with their ears would would have to echo in their souls late at night and over the weekend and when they weren't around him. How could someone be in prison and think and feel like that? 
words that are encouraging them about their lives, letting them know about God's love for them, letting them know how to navigate in a better way according to God what's happening at home or how to help their child or how to live on purpose, what life is all about. I wonder if being chained to Paul in some ways may have been something that some, if not all of the guards, began to desire because of the impact of his words and the mindset he had even in adversity. He's saying, everybody that's going through this with me, including the whole palace, they're seeing my God. So for two years, Paul has this influence, this ministry in the palace, because the same guards that regard him were also the, the, the palace guard. And they would talk about what they're hearing from Paul. And Paul is in prison, but he has influence in what was at that time the White House of the most powerful nation on earth. That reminds me that as you and I live life, as we walk through struggle and and pain, where you are does not limit how far you can reach. And how things are does not hinder how great things can be. When the doctor told you the diagnosis, when the loved one died, when your spouse left, when your paycheck stopped. I wonder how many, how many stories came back with people that were in your life that said, man, the way you dealt with that, the way you walked through that struggle and that pain, God used your life and pain to minister to me. And when your life changed for the worse, because of how you lived, mine changed for the best. See, there's an opportunity in every adversity, and it's a mindset that Paul has. It's a mindset that Paul always had. He didn't just decide when he was thrown in prison, I'm going to shift my mindset and look for the opportunity. It's who he was. It's how he chose to live day by day. Because the mindset that you and I have when things are good, that's the mindset we take into things when they're bad. And the spotlight of adversity reveals the mindset that's already there. It makes it brighter for others to see. And the darker it is, the easier it is to see the light. The light is at the same level, whether it's daytime or nighttime. It's just that when it's darker, it's easier to see. And some of you, you're you're going through some tough things. You're walking through some pain. And, And you're wondering, why am I still in this? God, why are you still allowing this? Hey, diamonds always look the best and shine the brightest on a dark background when a bright light's on them. And it could be that God is doing something very special and he's beginning to make your pain your platform. And if you would shift your mindset to see what the opportunity is in this moment, in this pain, it could be a greater opportunity than you've ever experienced. I've discovered in my own life when I walk through struggle, the words of other people that have struggled and been through deep pain, their words weigh more to me. Their words help me more. Their words sink deeper into my soul. When they tell me it's going to be okay, I feel it on a deeper level. Somebody that I don't know as well and I don't know their story of pain, when they say it's going to be okay, I appreciate it, but I don't feel it. And so it is our pain that becomes our platform and we have an opportunity and adversity to help people like never before. Then notice the next verse, verse 15. Is it true, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. 
The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. Notice his response. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Hey, there's a mindset that's revealed here. If you want to experience joy in life, if I want to have joy, we have to have what Paul speaks about right here. And it is this, a mindset that refuses to be personally offended. We live in a culture where it seems like all of us are right on the edge of being offended about everything. We take offense at things that used to be not that big a deal. We are on the edge of being offended all the time. And the only way I can live in a place where I'm always offended is if I'm always thinking about me. Paul says, I've got a mindset that refuses to be personally offended. There are people that are thinking, hey, with Paul out of the way, I can take over. I can lead the church. Now we're going to do things the way we've wanted to do them. Paul's in jail. And Paul's hearing about what's happening. And he's hearing about what they're saying about him. And he's hearing about the chaos that's taking place in some ways. And there's some of them that are hoping he'll either die in jail or he'll be executed. And they're in the church. Not all, but some of them. And that, in response, Paul is writing to the church saying, hey, I know. I know. I understand. But what does it matter? Who cares? He says the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. But Paul, your character is being attacked. People are assuming things about you. They're accusing you of things you haven't even been accused of yet. Do you know what's being said about you? And Paul says, who cares? What does it matter? As long as some people are still being reached, no matter what the person's motives are, who cares what they say about me? Are they helping people find Jesus? I don't know about you, but personal attacks for me, they bring out the fighter. If you lead anything, you will be misquoted by some, not by everybody, by some. You will be maligned by some. The worst will be assumed about you by some. You will be lied about by some. It's just part of it. And in my nature, I want to swing every time I'm swung at. When I was younger and that would happen, I would go to war over things that I look at now and look back and think, it didn't matter. Who cares? Consider the source. And over the years, more and more, I'm trying to learn the power of who cares. Who cares what they say about me? And Paul says, As long as they're still preaching about God, let them preach. As long as they're still inviting people to know God and inviting people to church and giving to the church and serving in the church and helping others to know Jesus, who cares? If you want to experience joy, if you want to know joy deep in your life, you have to develop a mindset of not taking attacks personally, of not being offended. You'll never know joy when you take things personally, even if they're meant to be. Even if it is an attack, even if someone is being intentionally negative, you and I have to learn to let that stuff go because they are not your focus. Jesus is. And honestly, what people think about you at the end of the day doesn't matter nearly as much as what God thinks about you. You know the people in your life, maybe that coworker, maybe a distant family member that would applaud your failure, that would celebrate your demise. Paul says God can deal with all of that. 
Don't allow small people to shift your focus away from a bigger purpose. And so I'm going to let God deal with people and their motives. I'm going to stay focused for me and my life on my bride, my family, our friends, C3 Church, which is awesome, our community, the neighborhood, the world. I'm going to focus on regrowing and developing a church of people as we come out of COVID that are passionate to know about Jesus and help others find hope in a relationship with him. That's the focus. We don't have time for anything else. Now, how do you have that kind of mindset? How do you live in that way? Notice verse 19. For I know, Paul says, that through your prayers and God's provision, your prayers and God's provision, out of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. See, if you want joy, notice what Paul says right here. It's a mindset that is cultivated and protected by prayer and the Holy Spirit. This is how we can let personal attacks go. This is how you get to the place where it doesn't even bug you and you don't think about it. It's through your prayers and people praying for you and what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. This is one of the reasons that community groups are remarkable, remarkably important. See, I don't think you can have joy, real joy, deep joy, if you're not in biblical community with people that love Jesus and love you. You might have happiness and you'll have emotions that that rise and fall and that come and go. But you won't experience deep joy, especially in the moments of suffering. Paul says, I know that it's through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ that what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. It's coming through your prayers and through the Holy Spirit working in my life. So that's why community groups, they are so important. We're in the summer right now, but community groups are gathering. If you're not in one, man, shoot us an email, info, I-N-F-O, at c3church.cc. We can plug you into one so you can be part of the monthly gatherings in the summer. And then when we launch weekly groups in the fall, you can experience what it is to be prayed for and cared for by people that will love Jesus and love you. And then Paul says in verse 27, whatever happens... Whatever happens in your life, if you're thrown in jail, if you're free, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you're going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. You're going to struggle. You're going to suffer. It's part of life. We know that. So why not struggle well? Why not deal with pain well? There are a lot of things I can't control. If somebody forgot to turn off the breaker and something erupts and explodes into your life, you can't control that. You can control how you respond. You can control how you process. And you can determine, I'm going to have a mindset that brings joy into my life. That's how a beautiful mind is created with a mindset. There's one other thing I notice. If you want joy, it takes a mindset that's focused on others. Verse 27, we read it it a moment ago. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Worthy of the gospel. See, it's all about, Jesus was asked, what's the bottom line? It's all about loving God and loving others and allowing God to love others through us. To live worthy of the gospel is to do what Jesus did. And what Paul says here, focus on others. And when I develop a mindset of focusing on others, rather than how bad things are for me or what's been done to me or what people are saying about me, I experience absolute joy. Things don't just happen in life. 
and what you think may be about to destroy you. God may be setting it up to elevate you and allow your pain to become your platform where you'll have more influence in people's lives than you ever had. See, you're in it, but you're not through it. And God is working in you, and he also wants to work through you. And you're going to get to the other side of it, not because of how good you are, but because of how good our God is. And we have an opportunity in every struggle to experience deep joy by fulfilling our purpose. It takes a mindset that points others to Jesus, not to me. It takes a mindset that sees opportunity in adversity. It takes a mindset that refuses to be personally offended. And it takes a mindset that focuses on others. Would you pray with me today? Father, thank you so much for the reality that your word sends a clear message to each of us about how you walk with us through struggle and pain. And God, I pray for those that are watching right now that are going through a painful circumstance dealing with something very difficult in their lives. And I pray that you would love and work in and through them the way that only you can. Maybe today, maybe today you know that the greatest need of your life is to know Jesus in a personal way. Because you can't have the mindset we talked about without the Spirit of God. Remember what Paul said, people praying for me and the Spirit of God working. Without the Spirit of God in your life, you can't have a mindset that brings joy. And so maybe today you know the greatest need in your life is to give your life to Jesus. If you'd like to do that, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer. With heads bowed, eyes closed, you just bow your head right there, close your eyes, just pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life and forgive my sin. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, I would love to know that because I'd love to be able to pray for you. I want to encourage you, just text me your first name. Shoot me a text with your first name. You can send that text to 407-487-8311. Shoot me the text, just put your first name so that I can be praying for you by name. I'll get a list of the names this afternoon. I would love to do that. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.